Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. My name is Daniel Lim. Five questions. That's Todd Atkins. And you are listening to the Book Breakdown Edition. <laughs> is that the cue music? I don't, I can't remember a book breakdown music. We do. It's, it's like a da, 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 something like that. That's not J.D. Greer's no. Ask Me Anything. No, intro, it's not. I like how he does this like distorted voice thing on his intro now. We do a contest at some point with someone live. Like we should get a listener and then we should play all of the intro music to all the podcasts and have them guess which ones it is. Kind of like the Pepsi taste challenge? And if they guess it right. <laughs> well, well, yeah, except there's no wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> I think the Pepsi challenge, there was a wrong answer. Mm, well, it depends on which yeah. one. <laughs> exactly. All right. So today we're going to be doing a book breakdown on the power of moments. Now, this one has been a long time coming. Long time. We've talked about this so many times. Yeah, just referencing it here and there. Even our interview with Scott Sauls, we talked about it too before and after the interview, maybe even during. But this has been such a great book by the Chip Chip and Dan Heath. I was going to say by the Heath brothers, but then I'm thinking about the Heath Heath bars. Do you like Heath bars? I'm not a fan. No? You? I do. I like the Canadian version better. So it's a British Canadian. It's called Score. So it's pretty much the same thing. It's Cadbury, I believe. So for some reason, they don't sell it in the States. You know, my uh, New Testament and Greek professor, John B. Polehill, who has gone on to the Lord. I'm sure he did. (laughs) But the thing was, his one of his best friends from when he went to Harvard, apparently. Harvard. Harvard. was uh, a Cadbury, and he was like the oh, like, really? heir to the Cadbury. No kidding. Whatever. Okay. And they swam the Ohio River. Wow. He talked about. He had great stories. So why isn't there? Those professors are the best. <laughs> the ones that are like have tenure and are really old. Yeah. And they don't care. <laughs> they they don't care. those those guys have great stories. Yes. <laughs> They're just running the clock. All right. So today. Power of Moments. We it's have, if you haven't listened, really if you haven't listened to our other book breakdown episodes, we have a unique set of questions, five-ish questions that we ask about it. And so let's get straight into it. The first question is, what is the book and why does it matter? Okay. Basically, if a book is by Chip and Dan Heath, read it. Yes. Uh, they wrote Switch. They wrote Made to Stick. Um, and while these are not, you know, biz- books you're going to find in uh, in the Christian section, you're going to find in the business section, they are very, very, very good books for uh, church leaders to read. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. Anybody, and, really. Yeah. And this one in particular, they study, they're kind of like, I don't know what you call them, social psychologists or behavioral. I mean, they're, they're, they notice what's happening and they, they do research around that. So this one the title being The Power of Moments, really investigates, they investigate the defining moments that we have in our lives, uh, the meaningful experiences that we, that, that tend to stand out in our memory. So well, when you think about the book, they have two great examples in the first few pages. The first one is all about Disney, right? So they're saying, okay, if you were to go to Disney World and every hour they were to text you and you had to rate your experience from one to 10, right? One being lousy and 10 terrific. This is, let's say they, they text you six times or so. 
this is how you would likely answer, right? 9 a.m., you're getting your kids out of the hotel room, right. you're super excited, but it's hectic, right? And you're right. trying to get the tram and all that. So six out of 10. And then 10 a.m., you're uh, on, it's a small world and you're like, oh, this, why are we on? It's a small world, but your kids always wanted to go on it. So maybe it's a five. And then at 11 a.m., you finally get to go on Space Mountain or another roller coaster. So you get off and you're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. 10. Then at noon, you're, you're, you're like, how is this food so expensive? Right. <laughs> it's decent because you're hungry, but it's just ridiculously expensive. So seven. And then at 1 p.m., now it's 96 degrees, waiting in line for, they say 45 minutes, probably more no like way. a couple hours. And then one of the yeah, kids fast, has fast, to, bro. yeah. And then one of the kids yeah, halfway fast. through has to go to the bathroom and you're like, what do we do with this, that? So three. And then at 2 PM, you're out, you're, you're going to leave the park cause you're going to take a quick nap and then you're going to come back later on. So you buy some Mickey Mouse ears, eight. All right. So basically with that example, if they were to have texted you your happiness all throughout the day, you could average that as a 6.5. Okay. Now, that's right after it happened. Now, if they were to text you a couple weeks later, what they found in the research was that your rating would likely be a nine or higher. Even though your average of that day right. was six and a half, it would be nine or higher because research has found that in recalling experiences, we ignore most of what happened and they focus instead on a few particular moments. Specifically in the book, they say the two moments that'll stand out are riding on Space Mountain and buying those, you know, Mickey Mouse hats. To understand why these two moments matter than the others, that's what they address in the book. So that's one of the great examples, just talking about the power of the, 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 the experiential moments that stand out and that we don't really even remember some of the minor ones throughout the day. So, I mean, this is really about how we can learn to create extraordinary moments in our lives and our families and really in our churches. In the church, yeah. Because if you really think about it, um, we have a lot that we can learn here because there's a lot of very powerful moments that happens in a person's life that often is a turning point for them to come to know the Lord mm. or for the church to minister to them. So one of the things that I miss the most, uh, I was talking to my dad um, this week about it, actually, because he was in town. I said, I never thought I would say this, but I miss funerals. Hmm. Like, I miss doing funerals because that was a very powerful moment in the life of a family where there were a lot of people that were, if they were closed, they were now open. Yeah. Uh, and if they were now open and they were already connected to the church, then great. They were just really appreciative that, that you're there. Mm. Uh, weddings is another one of those moments, but I don't miss doing weddings. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It is a lot of it's work. It's the premarital counseling and, and the rehearsal know, and the stress uh, levels and yeah. Yeah. There's usually um, about two or three different opinions on what you should do, how you should do it, and where you should do it and when and all that. So it's it, it gets a little crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and now with Pinterest and with Instagram. Oh, my goodness. I can't even I, imagine. Yeah. Now. How much more elaborate and grandeur uh, all the way to the so. Anyway. So, yes. um, but the big thing is we can learn to create extraordinary moments or yeah. um, highlight those and bring those to life to make make sure, hey, this was an opportunity for a moment to happen. Mm -hmm. We can make it 
more powerful. If you look yeah. at the cover, I love the cover. It's not lightning in a bottle, but it's lightning in a jar. Mm. Lightning in a mason jar. Which I think is interesting because I, after seeing the cover of this book, and this is where I saw it first, I've seen lightning in a mason jar all over the place. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like movie trailer. It's like the movie posters. There's only a certain number of them. I, it's, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. Okay, so when you when you consider this book and later on in the podcast when we break down how does this apply to leadership in the church, we are going to give you the four traits of a defining moment, break that down for you and give you some examples nearing the end of the podcast as to what you can do uh, to integrate this into the weekly rhythms, the, the regular rhythms of your church. But for the sake of the book, they define a, a moment as a short-term experience that is both memorable and meaningful, right? So there are four ways to do that, which we'll get to, but uh, it's a short-term experience, a short-term experience that is both memorable and meaningful. All right, so let's get into the quick hitters for the book, which is our second question. Who are the authors, right? So Chip and Dan Dan Heath. Heath. Yeah. So it's, I mean, these guys are powerhouse. Chip, do you think they? Do you think it's always Chip and Dan Heath because it's C before D, I don't know. or one is I older than the other, or it could yeah. be a holdover from Chip and Dale, <laughs> the Chipmunks. Yes, yes, the Chipmunks. Not the yes, the Chipmunks. Okay, so here's the thing. I mean, these guys. Chip is a professor at Stanford Graduate School of Business. Okay, on the one hand. And Dan is a senior fellow at Duke uh, at Duke University. Boo. Okay, so okay, yeah. Well, you were kind of biased against Duke, yeah, because your wife went to UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah. But when you think about that, what do you think? I mean, what's more prestigious, being a professor at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, teaching courses on strategy and organizations, or that's Chip or Dan being a senior fellow at Duke, uh, at, at Duke's Case Center, which supports entrepreneurs fighting for social good. I'm gonna go Chip. Yeah, the Stanford. I want to hang out with Chip. <laughs> so he's helped no 400. Offense, Dan, but <laughs> well, you're, you're a blue devil, and we know we're part of the church. Well, that, we cannot hang out. That runs deep, hey? It runs deep, man. <laughs> and I don't even like the volleyball. The volleyball. I don't even follow the volleyball at all. <laughs> they're they're known for volleyball. No, I'm just that's what I usually call all sports that I don't really follow or know. <laughs> the volleyball. Okay. Barnabas loved it. He loved it. Actually, would roll his eyes. Mostly, I did that for his benefit because they would start talking about basketball or football. I'd be like, I don't, I don't really follow the volleyball. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's Chip and Dan Heath. Chip and Dan. Who is the book written for? Us. Yeah, leaders. Okay. <laughs> Favorite quotes. Oh, man. Okay. So familiarity and memorability are often at odds. If you're looking to create memorable moments for your customers, you have to break the script. So familiarity is what people want, and they want that, you know, they, they want to be known for customer service or they want to be known for whatever. But they would then go on to say that, yeah, you actually want the person to come to you with problems and then you want to fix them in mm. a memorable way yeah. because that will actually create that moment versus yeah. just having good customer service all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Defining moments shape our lives, but we don't have to wait for them to happen. We can be the authors of them. So that was neat. I mean, because a lot of times we will look back and I'm thinking about my life and all the defining moments that shaped me. And and some of them were at big events, at conferences, and other times it was in 
the offices of another church, right? The living room of a friend and counseling that happens, a, a moment of prayer and worship and, and other moments of teaching that just really have stuck out in my mind. So a lot of times it feels like it's just random, but the authors actually articulate and, you know, we, we say uh, what we're going to break down in the four traits are, is really a way to author them and make them happen. Uh, okay. I've got several little quick ones. Um, but beware the soul sucking force of reasonableness. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to say anything about that. That's beautiful. It's <laughs> no a beautiful kidding. turn of phrase. Uh, and purpose trumps passion. Hmm. Uh, passion is individualistic and it can energize us, but it can also isolate us um, because my passion isn't yours. By contrast, purpose is something people can share. It can knit groups together. Mm-hmm. Churches. Like that. Mm. The other one is fill pits, then build peaks. So fill pits, then build peaks. So this is um, this is a little bit of, of a longer one on this. But What's the third element to that? Pits, peaks, and... What is it? Uh, pits, peaks, and transitions. Mm. So what's str- about? There's yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, you know, visually, I thought about doing an ESL on that one. Uh, that's why I was okay. I'm trying, okay. You know, pits, peaks, and then transitions. I just haven't figured out how to make the transition one work yet. Yeah, because it needs to be a P. I know. Or it needs to be something like because you've got a mountain and then a valley. Yeah. A pit and a peak. Um, but like, what's the transition look like? I don't know. <laughs> Guys, help Todd do that nine ESL. And if you have no idea what he's talking about, just, just go, go on YouTube, Twitter, or yeah. YouTube, and do ninety second 90s. leadership. Yeah. All right. So what's striking though, and this is a quote, is that many business leaders never pivot to that second stage. Instead, having filled the pits in their service, they scramble to pave the potholes, the minor problems and annoyances. It's as though the leaders aspire to create a complaint-free service rather than an extraordinary one. In service businesses, there, is a, there are a huge number of potholes to fix. And that's why executives can get trapped in an endless cycle of complaint management. They're always playing defense and never offense. They don't try to make everything perfect. I mean, that's what leaders who are filling uh, the pits and building the peaks do. So they talk about moments there. So it's just the whole idea of, it's not just about taking care of the problems and handling the problems. Even our four disciplines of execution book breakdown. I mean, that's just living in the whirlwind. Right. So it's not just about that, but it's actually about building the peak and creating those moments because those are the things that actually are memorable weeks afterwards. I got one more and then I'm done. We must learn to think in moments to spot the occasions that are worthy of investment. Um, I, I think they're saying that, you know, really because the individ, for the end for us, we're just trying to get through whatever it is we're trying to get through or accomplish whatever we're trying to accomplish. We have goals. But for an individual person, it's about the moments. The mm. moments are the thing. It's the moments that we, you know, carry with us. It's the moments that we remember. It's the moments that we tell stories about. Mm. And so that's why those things are important. Recognizing that, you know, we can't not that whole day at Disney can't be a moment. Yeah. But there's got to be a time or two in there of surprise and delight or, yeah. wow, you know, we just 
made the magic happen. Yeah, that's good. That's good. My last one is remote contact is perfectly suitable for day-to-day communication and collaboration, but a big moment needs to be shared in person. No one dials into a wedding or graduation after all. The presence of others turns abstract ideas into social reality. So what I love about this is, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but Ministry Grid is a platform that we have at Lifeway Leadership where it really allows you to flip the classroom. It allows you to uh, pre- create a high-tech and high-touch learning environment where you can onboard uh, onboard your new leaders and, and do ongoing training where it's not just about gathering in a room, but you can give them training right away wherever they're at, on their phone. In the, I mean, they can just watch it and then they can come. Now, the reason I bring up Ministry Grid is the only way that that really works is if you still have in-person experiences and in-person moments. Yeah. So this is not about digitizing development or discipleship, but it's no, give them the training so that they can take it in whenever and wherever and can feel equipped, but still get together, still get together and create those moments with all of your leaders or even on a Sunday or, or occasionally quarterly or this still gather together in person and create moments. Don't feel like you don't need to address or hang out or train your leaders just because you have a platform helping you do it and helping you facilitate it. Rather, that will give you more time to create those moments. So that's, that's kind of what, why I wanted to share that one. And recognizing that, um, so I did a blog on Lifeway Leadership on the five moments of need, mm. um, which I think is all right. I mean, I, uh, you know, will reference where five moments of need originally came from and all that stuff. The, the There's an entire book about it if you want. But it's, you know, hey, when do I actually want training? When do I want to be developed? Here are the five moments. And so making sure that you recognize that moment potential that's there when someone's new at something, when something is dramatically changing. I mean, there's, there's these moments that we have that we can either make a crisis, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, make it actually a a memorable thing that continues to give and be modeled. Yeah. That's good. All right. So similar books. Similar books. I, I put down the, exp- no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically anything else they, they wrote, but the experience economy by James Gilmore oh, and Joseph Pine is were, a great one. Were you uh, here at Lifeway when they came here? What? Yeah, they were here. When? They were here for a DLG, bro. No. Yeah. They walked through. All That's that. incredible. It is. It's a, it, that is a great book. Now it is. It's not divine it. conspiracy. Yes. Bro. It's, <laughs> a, I mean, you know, this is not, this is not a book you're going to sit down and, you know, nope. hit, hit, hit on a plane ride. No. It's going to take a little bit more effort to yeah. wade through this. But one. it's really well done. Really well Very done. Very well done. Yeah. All right. So is this a summary, skim, sit down, or listen? It is kind of long. It is. It is. I started as a listen. And then I bought the book <laughs> afterwards because primarily because I wanted to break it down for our listeners here, but also because I want to reference it over and over again, because I mean, there are so many implications as we'll explore in the next uh, section of the podcast, when we talk about how it's applicable to le- leadership in the church, there's, there's just so much here, so much here. So you just can't do that when you yeah. listen to it. I don't think this is a summary. Um, no. 
I kind of want, I'm torn between sit down and skim. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can um, skim and sit. I mean, skim through until you see something you really like and then, oh, I need to read this You're right. whole, whole chapter. Yeah. I mean, even if you just read the first chapter, you'd get the concept. For sure. But it's the examples and the elaboration and all that stuff that helps you process through it. All right. Well, just a quick word from this month's sponsor and we'll get into the next question. Small groups typically meet once a week, but life happens every day. And that's why Lifeway created the Daily Discipleship Guide. This new addition to the Bible Studies for Life curriculum is used at the weekly meeting to help generate discussion, but it also contains five daily devotions to reinforce the learning all week long. This consistent time in God's Word helps create the habit of daily Bible reading, which is really an essential behavior for growing disciples. So to download four free sessions of the Daily Discipleship Guide, you can go to BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG. That's BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG. Go out and get your DDG. DDG. Okay, so the question is, how is this applicable to leadership in the church? Let's, let's, let's outline the four, the four components of a moment and then break it down that way. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> okay, so remember, a defining moment is a short experience that is both memorable and meaningful. So it's created from one of four of the following four elements. The first one is elevation. The next one is insight. Then it's pride and then connection. So let's talk about elevation. What church. is elevation? Elevation church? <laughs> no, elevation music. Uh, elevation music. I honestly would say that might actually be a good example. Why would you say that? Well, because, uh, which by the way, if you go way back when, the guy over production at Elevation Church is actually one of our former students, one of my former students. That's crazy, man. It is. Yeah. And he was a great student. He was, uh, he led the band. Anyway, um, okay. So because Elevation is really taking somebody out of, you know, the everyday. Yeah. So much so that they're like stunned. Yeah. Like you took that moment and you raised it to. Yeah. It's delight. Whole, right. It's not just happiness. It's delight. Whole other level. Yeah. So he even talks about this idea of boosting sensory pleasure. So he talks about this thing called a popsicle hotline. And I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on the podcast here or there, but it's just it's just this whole idea at this at this hotel out in California called the Magic Castle Hotel, where the reviews are insane. The reviews are insane, but it's a average hotel. It's not a Hilton, it's not a Marriott, it's not a Ritz Carlton or anything, yet they're one of the highest rated hotels. And part of it is because they have something called the Popsicle Hotline. So they're boosting, so you're, it's by the pool, red telephone, you pick it up and it's like, hello, Popsicle Hotline. And then you place an order. What flavor Popsicle do you want? And then People finally, <laughs> I didn't want to say this until you got to there because I wanted to see how long it would take before you gave enough references that our normal listeners would understand you were saying popsicle. Why? What did I say? Popsicle. Popsicle. Popsicle, popsicle. popsicle hotline. Popsicle hotline. Popsicle. Popsicle. Because <laughs> I didn't know at first. And I was like, oh, yeah, the popsicle hotline. Popsicle. Now, I probably say it slightly in a slightly <laughs> Am I slurring night. it? Yeah, man. It's late <laughs> in the day. We Pops- had a long lunch. Popsicle. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's about surprise. It is. So an you element of surprise. Yeah. So red telephone order, and then a guy comes out or a staff comes out wearing white gloves on a silver tray and delivers you your cherry, orange, or grape popsicle for free. 
for free. Now, what he says is, hey, one thing you can do is if, if you're just concerned about filling the pit holes, right? Uh, the potholes, <laughs> filling, the, <laughs> filling the pits or the potholes that you'll just say, oh, that's a great idea. Let's just get a cooler and stick it by the pool and put free ice cream. Let's put better ice cream in there than popsicles. Oh, yeah. But you'd be missing the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, Hawken does. Yeah. But you'd be missing the point because you're not delighting. You're not boosting those sensory pleasures, uh, which the silver tray, the whole experience. So that's that whole idea of elevation. Surprise, delight, and dare I say, whimsy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, how do you how do you do this, right? How do you build peaks in your ministry and in your leadership? Well, they give you, you know, he basically says boost sensory appeal. Number two, raise the stakes. And then thirdly, break the script, right? Break the script. So instead of now, here's the thing. If, if you if you have something that delights and you do it every single week, it won't delight anymore. No, it won't delight and it won't be memorable. So that's the whole idea where you're not wanting to so systematize it that it just becomes normal. True. Yeah. Except for great French fries. (laughs) If you have great French fries, don't stop doing that. (laughs) Yes. All right. The next one is insight. And this is, I think, what we do at every pipeline. This is my goal. What do you mean? At every single pipeline. Insight is about creating an intense moment of added insight and value, which like helps people understand themselves better, that puts together something in a way that triggers like a genuine aha moment. Mm. That's Mm. what I want to do. Yeah. So one of the things that they say is you got to trip over the truth. So there's a three-part recipe for that. Number one, you have clear insight. Number two, you compress it in time. And three, it has to be discovered by the audience itself. So it's a blueprint really to help people trip over the truth. The other thing that they say is you need to stretch for insight. And that's you need that means you got to combine high standards with assurance, with direction, and with support. So here's a quote from the book. In organizations, mentorship can take a stronger form. High standards plus assurance is a powerful formula. But ultimately, it's just a statement of expectations. What great mentors do is add two more elements, direction and support. I have high expectations for you, and I know you can meet them. So try this new challenge. And if you fail, I'll help you recover. That's mentorship in two sentences. It sounds simple, yet it's powerful enough to transform careers. Boom. All right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which is why we talk about what's the what's the intersection, what's that transformational sweet spot for us, right? Knowledge, experience, and? Coaching. Coaching, yeah. So that's that insight component we of it. We practice what we preach. <laughs> we do, we, we do. We don't just throw up a <laughs> fancy marketing site and say, pipeline, 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 pipeline. No, because we're Coaches still, yeah, yeah, because we're practitioners and pastors still. So in that way, um, yeah, so that's the second one. The third one is pride, right? Mm. Pride. So is that like What's UNC pride? Chapel Hill pride? Mm, <laughs> uh, Texas pride. Texas Woo! pride. Texas forever. Yeah. Okay, so pride's really about capturing that defining moment when someone achieves something impressive. Mm. So they act with courage or complete something that is a hairy, audacious goal. Mm. Um, You know, you just harness the ripples which flow out of that ride. Yeah, so they're saying basically regardless of how skilled you are, it's usually about having your skill noticed by others that sparks that moment of pride, 
right? So if you think about your own moments of pride in your, in, in your past, uh, probably a lot of them were when you were promoted or when you won an award or when you were praised. So as leaders, what does it look like for you to create those moments for those on your team? He says, well, you got to recognize others. You got to multiply milestones and you have to practice courage. So when you think about recognizing others, I mean, that's just, yeah. man, it's just all about encouragement. And I don't think we do a, a, I don't think we encourage often enough and frequent enough in our churches. Well, okay. So there's some of the things that, that I would say for some people, they would be like, oh, well, you know, my name's not Barnabas. I'm yeah. not an encourager. <laughs> Uh, not Barnabas Piper. That's who I was. Exactly an encourager. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're referring to Barnabas Piper no. as an encourager? <laughs> uh, son of encouragement. Uh, no, so. Uh, I think that's thing, what his dad and mom wanted him to become. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, so. <laughs> Gosh, man, Everything brutal. we said. No, it's because we'd say it to his face. We would say it to no, his face. No, we'd never, yeah, talk behind someone's back and not be able to say it to no, their face. No, and he's on, he has been on the podcast. <laughs> he was part of the original. No, we he's love him. Yeah, been yeah, around for yeah. a while. His desk is right outside my office. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So the, the big thing here, I think, is also recognizing others and multiplying milestones. Mm. I mean, Daniel, mm. they probably didn't have these in Canada. But here, back when I was growing up, back in my day, we had Sunday school bars. What? A Sunday school bar? Not a bar in the with, Sunday school. With, no, were there, there taps and go. kegs? And, Absolutely. Yeah, we did not have we that in Canada. Baptist people. <laughs> no. The, uh, the, <laughs> so many jokes are in there. <laughs> if Barnabas were only here, we'd be off the air. No, uh, no, these were, um, like little, um, um, like they have well, in the military? Bars, oh, yes. Kind of like that. So <laughs> each year that you had a perfect attendance in Sunday school, you got a new bar. You got it's like your four-year bar, two-year bar, three-year bar, four-year bar. So somewhere they come with my mother too? probably has. I've got at least a dozen <laughs> bars. Now, what happens is once you hit like a five-year or a ten-year, you a get dozen a new bars. bar. <laughs> you, so this was achievement. This was milestones. <laughs> Today wow. we would call that badging or yes, something like badging. that. badging. Okay. But okay. back in the day, it was R.A. Patches, yeah. R.A. Ambassador, <laughs> Patches. Uh, okay, okay. Like so super, if you have a watch, if you have an Apple Watch or a smartwatch or a Fitbit, that's the idea. I mean, Fitbit does this the best where it's basically, I think, I think they give some sort of milestone where if you've walked the distance of Everest and back, it'll say, you just climbed Mount Everest. Uh, I don't know anyone who's ever walked that (laughs) (laughs) that long. No, 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 not in a day, just in the history of you having your Fitbit. I mean, they have all of these surprise and delight moments where they are celebrating and marking your milestones. Uh, uh, That's good. Yeah, so they do a great job with that. And it's unexpected, right? It's because you have no idea what milestones are there. Unless you look them up and I don't know if we have time for all that. So, yeah. So that's the next one. Practice courage is another one where, and this was, this was a really neat one where it's not just about 
trying to be courageous, but it's all about practicing courage, practicing courage. And when you practice that and you display courage, that that courage is actually contagious. So he gives examples from historic protests, civil rights movements, and a lot of that where a lot of the protesters, they practiced it before they actually did the peaceful sit-ins and all that. Hmm. Especially here in Nashville. I mean, the sit-ins and all that stuff happened here in Nashville too. So, all right. Connection is the last component of the power of moments. So what does that look like? Uh, it's kind of like what you might think. Connection is really harnessing the social moments where we come together with friends, family, um, as a, as us as a church. I think mm. that's really uh, important. But it's, it's all about experiencing important events together. So we have things like baptism. Yeah. And yeah. baptism isn't just something that happens every Sunday. If it is happening every Sunday at your church, awesome. Mm. Praise the Lord. But you have to understand that that is a pivotal, very powerful moment in the life of that person and in the life of that family. And you need to make sure that you take full advantage of making that moment extremely memorable, both for just the sake of their engagement with your church, but also in the engagement of their journey. This is a perfect opportunity to put someone on a wise discipleship plan. That's when they're going to be most open to it and probably where they'll be most successful getting through some of those key milestones yeah. along the way. So this is a, a huge thing, I think. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, he, he, he talks about this idea of moments of connection bonding us with one another. So the way to create these moments of connection, of community with one another in groups you know, you have to create shared meaning. So he gives you three ways to create that shared meaning. Number one is to create a synchronized moment. Number two, to invite a shared struggle. And then number three, connect it all to meaning. So they would even say, he he even said, hey, laughter, what would it look like to create moments of laughter? Because that bonds groups together. Totally. I yeah. Mean, if you think about teams and what helps teams through difficult times, it is some of these, it is some of these moments, both difficult times that they've come through before, but also the the peaks as well. So the peaks and the pits are what hold us all together to make sure that we're continuing to move forward. I, I as soon as you said that, it reminded me of my own baptism. Yeah. Because my uh, cousin and I and another uh, young man named James Michael were um, baptized on the same day. Mm. Now, here's the deal. My cousin gets into the baptismal, uh, which is, you know, right down front, and I think there was clear glass or something in there. Okay. Uh, This is a a FBC kind of church and uh, back in the 80s. And so he jumps in. Now we are— He jumps into the baptismal? Oh, yeah, like a— is this I, one of those ones where the baptismals are high up? Yes. Or, okay. So, so center of down. the yeah. Yeah, center <laughs> up. So he I, he does a cannonball. Uh, I'm not joking. And then it's like kind of like almost swimming around the. I wish YouTube was invented back then. Uh, the the pastor. Yeah. And I just I in I can still see me looking back at. Uh, you know, I'm sure everyone Michael. looked at the pastor and uh, the congregation half mortified and half thinking it was the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he, I think, I think Michael still, I think my, Michael, my cousin, I think listens to this well, podcast. Well, it's like in the church plant that I was in, 
where I was an intern after communion one Sunday and we were all stacking up the chairs and cleaning up and talking and all that stuff. Right. All the kids got into the remaining crackers and juice. (laughs) I'll tell you another one that involved my cousin and us both getting just the whippings of our lives was uh, we, and I'll just go ahead and say that it's a long time ago. So you can throw my parents in jail if you want. (laughs) Um, we deserved it. So we were up front this time in the vestibule, I believe it is called. And there were, there were, you know, these like cast iron chairs up there. And most importantly, this great big rope that led really high up to where the church bell was. Mm -hmm. It was New Year's at the church and we had a New Year's, you know, party event, whatever, either that or Christmas Eve. I can't remember which one, but we were at the church. We were all celebrating in the back. They said, "Why don't you boys go up and ring the bell?" Yeah. Well, we were Atkins boys. They should have known better, because we go up there and then we are swinging from chair to chair across the the vestibule on this big rope. That's incredible. The bell is ringing. Well, we flipped the bell, and that is no small thing when you flip the bell. Yeah. And it gets oh yeah, there. that's huge. Power of moments, people. <laughs> Power of moments. Okay, so really poor examples of power of moments in the church. But okay, remember I was so a preacher's kid. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go to what we can do this week in light of the book. Now, okay, we usually ask this question: What are things churches should ignore from the book? And I mean, I don't know if we really want to spend much time on that. Is there anything that pops up in your mind? I can't really uh, think of anything. No, yeah, not really. I mean, guys, you guys are smart. Yeah. You listen to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, so let's go to the next you one. You can weed out. That it's, this is not one where I'm terribly concerned about. No, no. Not like the four. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> let's not book. bring that up again. No, okay. <laughs> All right. So what can we do this week in light of the book? Now, the first thing, there's a lot of, let's break down a lot of the different ways and places that we can do this. But I think the first thing just to be aware of, and this is what was running through my mind as I listened, first listened, and then I read through the book, attractional church. So I feel like a lot of this book can be, you know, reverse engineering. Like, oh, wait, didn't the attractional church do that when they had dramas and plays and, you know, you, a lot of churches would do the big Christmas Eve thing and Easter productions and all this. And, and, you know, I, I think all of that worked really well. It worked really well. And yes, I'm sure they did use a lot of the ideas of moments, but the thing that wasn't always taken into consideration was how that then led to the health of the staff and how that also led to metrics and measuring all that stuff. So I don't want you to hear us, you know, talking about the power of moments and saying, no, this just means create attractional church again, right? What I'm trying to say here is the power of moments is all about creating moments, both on stage and off stage. Cause I feel like a lot of one of the things that the attractional church did really well was that they created moments on stage and there's nothing wrong with that uh, as long as there's meaning behind that and you're pointing people to the gospel that, yeah, creating moments on stage is great. But when you look at the book, you can use this off stage. So the first example that I wanted to talk about was this idea of onboarding new staff and volunteers, right? There are so many ways you can create powerful moments powerful moments for new staff and new volunteers that tie them to the vision of the church that help them get sold out for this. 
uh, because it's just in their mind, it's a natural transition. And a lot of times we just, we just drop the ball. So good. Yeah. Like in the book, they talk about the whole idea of a employee's first day and how often that's just a wasted moment in a lot of churches where you're just coming and okay, wh what are we supposed to do? Okay. Uh, uh, their, their computer's not here yet or, or their desk. Okay. Set up your desk and just twiddle your thumbs and do this until this person's ready or this. I mean, what would it look like to create that moment? Not just for new staff. I mean, definitely for new staff, right? But for every new volunteer that signs up their very first week serving, I mean, imagine what it would look like for you to create these moments where you're creating connection, where you're creating this sense of pride and, and insight and, and, and you're elevating it all. So we went after, uh, and this is back when I was a student pastor, actually when Eric and I were together as student pastor, Eric Geiger, the former co-host of this podcast, um, we had uh, teams of students, not adults, but teams of students that would be driven by adults, that if you visited on Wednesday night uh, to middle school, then the high schoolers at the same time were meeting, um, their ministry teams were meeting. Oh, okay. And then vice versa, on Sunday night, the middle, uh, the high school was meeting, but then the, the middle school, their teams were meeting. Mm. So they switched off and on. Well, what happened was you came to our service for the first time. Before you get home, when you when you arrive back at home, there will be a yard sign, a balloon, and a uh, usually like code red Mountain Dew with uh, with um like a popcorn thing, like a, a bag that went over the two This is yeah. for middle school and high school? So oh, yeah. That's incredible. So so when they got home, now sometimes their parents were a little freaked out, and sometimes we surprised them because they're like, I didn't even know my kid was at Elevate tonight. So yeah. um, th that happened sometimes. Okay. But most of the time it was like that kid was in. It was, oh, my goodness. You want to talk about surprise and delight? Yeah. They yeah, come yeah, yeah. home and there's – all this stuff and you just gave me very caffeinated yellow and red number five. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, but that was that was something that was a moment and I can tell you there are hundreds of kids mm. that came to know Jesus and got connected to that church for at least a, a good period of time because we created that very sticky, very powerful moment. Uh, in their lives that was surprise and delight. And these people want me here. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Another moment is transitions, transitions. And this is something that I discovered years ago where uh, it's basically these moments of transition in an individual's life are when they are most apt to revisit church or go to church if they're de-churched and unchurched. So think about a couple um, having kids for the first time. Or let's say a family, a husband and wife becoming empty nesters or a death happening or, right, we talked about funerals or even weddings. So all of these transition moments are moments where individuals will typically check church out 
again, but they also found in this book, Chip and Dan Heath, that these transitions can be, uh, they're just natural defining moments that we're going to remember. So how do we bring about elevation to them? How do you, even just the whole baptism or not, not baptism, but you know, obviously the baptism where someone is baptized and, and you're then, I mean, what does celebration look like afterwards? Is it just a pat on the back, a certificate and they're going, I mean, that's a huge transition moment in their life that they're celebrating or, or, uh, how do you, how do you elevate that? How do you elevate that? Even with infant dedications too. I mean, what does that look like to elevate that moment and to integrate that couple in? Cause sometimes that couple might just be doing that. Uh, and if you do pedal baptism and you do infant baptism at your church, you might, especially in that case, even more so you might just be doing it because to appease, to appease your parents or to appease others. And it's like, Oh, I just, it's, I don't really believe in Jesus, but um, but my parents asked me to do that. Not for everyone, but you see a lot of that happening. So how do you create moments that tie them into the church, that that tie them and create that moment of connection? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's, it's difficult because, you know, I was at a larger church, and so I bet I've done over 100 funerals. Hmm. But thinking about that, how do you, how do you, Make sure in your, as you go into, you know, an infant dedication service yeah. or a baptism or a whatever it is mm-hmm. that, you know, some of these things, if you're, if you're, especially if you're in a larger church, these things, um, if they happen often enough, even if it's a couple times a year, yeah, it becomes just part of the normal and in reality, this is a opportunity for a very powerful moment in this person's life. Yeah. Yeah. So on stage, off stage, last thing I want to leave you with is a, is an example I saw at Passion City Church. So when you walked into their lobby, this was just when I visited them, they had this big wall of lights, you know, the things where you can screw in light bulbs and it was a map of the world. And every time someone committed their life to Christ and, and began a relationship with Jesus, they screwed in a light bulb. Someone screwed in a light bulb. So you just, you know, in the hallway, visibly before you entered the big auditorium, you just see all of these light bulbs and more and more light bulbs get lit up every single week. So it's just a cool thing to think about when you think about moments. So here's the thing. I mean, we are going to, we're wrapping up this podcast and and I do want to encourage you to listen to the New Churches podcast that we're also on with Ed. Because that's a part of our Lifeway Leadership Coming Network. Up on episode 400. Yes, but but here's what I want to I want to specifically ask you to help us with. If you can think of moments in your church or if there's some sort of programmatic or thing that you're doing in your church to elevate and to create, you know, delight and surprise and to create these moments in your church, please, please, please share it with us. Share it with us on social media at Todd Adkins, at Daniel Sangi, that's S-A-N-G-I, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, Daniel at newchurches.com. I mean, just just any way that you can connect with us, please, please share with us your ideas because, man, this just needs to happen more and more. And it's just such a powerful concept to tie people into the church, to point them to Christ, to help them grow in a deeper relationship with them. And I think leveraging the power of moments is just going to be a great way to do that. All right. Well, thanks again for listening in and we will catch you guys next time. All right, Daniel, it's time for our outro. (laughs) Come on.
Let's do it. <laughs> An outro? An outro, yeah. We interviewed ourselves. Oh, those guys were great. Well, those guys were awesome. So can't believe their love for the Lord and the local church is just... The way they break down books is just... Man, who does that? I don't know. I, don't I wonder know. how much time they're putting into this. Yeah. Is that pride? Is that, is, is, was that, wasn't that one of the moments? Hey, if you have any, any other ideas for book breakdowns, send it to us on social media too or email us. And Not your book. It. Yeah. No. <laughs> Somebody else's book. Yes. All right. See you later. <laughs>